Ministry Mentorship, Episode 3. Hello and welcome to this episode of Ministry Mentorship Podcast. My name is Jacob Tapia and you're listening to a podcast dedicated to connecting apostolic leaders with young ministers for the purpose of helping them develop in their ministries. In this episode, we're going to be talking with Angela Harwood and hearing her journey into ministry and and also getting her perspective on being a woman in ministry. Let's join the conversation. Okay, we're here today with Angela Harwood, and she is a graduate of Apostolic Bible Institute, and she's been in ministry for 10 years, and uh, in 2007, she was licensed with the United Pentecostal Church International. She's been involved in youth ministry, ladies' ministry, and she's taught camps and conferences. In fact, last year, she was the opening speaker for our general conference in St. Louis, and she is currently serving as a youth pastor in Pawpaw, Michigan. And Angela, thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. Hello, everyone. Now, what was it like preaching at General Conference? I was very nervous, um, <laughs> but it was very exciting. I was excited for the opportunity, of course, when I got the the call from headquarters, and I actually thought that it was a prank call. Morley <laughs> called me, and I almost asked her if it was a prank, but then I thought to myself, well, maybe this is actually happening, so I'm just going <laughs> to pretend like I'm not freaking out. <laughs> so I just listened to her, and I realized that it was real, and that it um, that Brother Bernard did want me to, to speak at General Conference, which I was very, very excited about and kind of confused um, as to why they picked me, but really excited for sure. Well, that's great. You did a great job at that, at that on your message, you. and, and it was it was incredible to see uh, to see a lady preaching uh, the opening night of General Conference, and I think I think that's a great move uh, for our movement and our organization as well. Thank you. I'm. I love um, just like Brother Bernard, Brother Norris, and all of these amazing people that are really encouraging ladies in ministry. Amen. Now let's talk about what are some of the biggest obstacles for a young lady in ministry. Now you started out uh, obviously in ministry, and you said you were licensed at at uh, or you got your license at the age of twenty three. Uh, what are some of the obstacles you've faced or that you see people facing in ministry? For me, I was being a lady. Oh, I'm, it's a hard question. <clears throat> My pastor right now, Pastor Chapman, when I told him that I was going to be licensed, he gave me some words of wisdom. He said, Angela, you are walking into a man's world. And he didn't mean that in a negative point of view, but it's very true. My first district conference that I went to in Ontario, I was the only um, girl in that district conference in the midst of hundreds of male ministers, and I was also the youngest person there. So I was a girl, and I was the youngest, and when they dismissed for lunch, I walked into the lunchroom. 
um, with like a roaring burst of testosterone and male voices. <laughs> and I walked straight out and I walked outside <laughs> and I great. sat on the curb at the road and I cried <laughs> because I felt out of place. And nobody made me feel that way. Nobody made me feel like I shouldn't be there. Everyone was, you know, like shaking my hand and, and you know, smiling at me. But it was just, I felt out of place. I felt like I had no one to talk to or to laugh with. Um, and so I just, I skipped lunch that day. And I understood what Pastor Chapman meant when I was walking <laughs> from the end world. <laughs> uh, I completely understood. So even though I knew that, I wasn't prepared for that. And it's gotten better over the years. I have met friends along life's way who are, are girls, and they're involved in ministry, and they are also licensed. So that was definitely something that I have shared with other young ladies or other women that are seeking to be licensed in the United Pentecostal Church. I just um, encourage them that, hey, you're not alone, but sometimes you're going to feel that way. What was the process that you went through in getting licensed? Well, when I graduated from ABI, my dad was really encouraging me to get licensed, and I kept on telling him no. Like, Dad, stop bringing it up. So he did. He stopped. He was like, fine, I won't bring it up anymore. And he did it. And then I was in prayer, and uh, then God started working on my heart. And so I was like, Dad, <laughs> you were right. But I never I never wanted to get licensed just to be licensed. I knew that I could be involved in ministry um, and, and not be licensed with um, with my organization. So that was kind of my thing. Like, I don't, I don't need it. I don't know anyone else that is. And I just didn't like the thought of being licensed to be licensed, but it was the same process for anybody else. Um, my dad, who was my pastor at the time, he called our presbyter and our district superintendent. They sent me, um, my, my ministerial application and I filled it out and I had, uh, people, uh, do kind of survey, and then I, I had to meet before the board. So it was it was like anybody else. It was I was very nervous, and I didn't know if they were going to say yes or no to me. I didn't know if I was going to faint in the middle of my meeting. I I, just, <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> so, but it was a pretty easy process. I went to Bible college, so I didn't have to read uh, all the books that are required because I read most of them at Bible college or, or ones that were similar, but for someone else, uh, they, they do have reading requirements, so you would have to do that. Now, you mentioned that your dad had been encouraging you. What? Mm-hmm. Explain that a little bit further. Well, he knew that there was a call of God on my life, and he knew um, uh, certain areas that I had been used in ministry, like I, I had preached at our church, and I had been used um, in different faucets of of a church service. So my dad just wanted me to pursue everything that I could pursue for the kingdom of God, and and I was okay with him encouraging me, but I just didn't think that I needed to be licensed to accomplish that. I was like, Dad, I've I've done all this already, and I haven't needed a license to do it. And he kind of understood, 
where I was coming from, but I just, I didn't understand it yet, uh, the whole process. And, and the reason why I got it was because God was, it wasn't me wanting it or anybody else wanting it for my life. It was God kind of beckoning me in that area. And I, I relented my own will to his, and it wasn't, it wasn't to supersede a man or to upset authority or to, I didn't even tell anyone that I got licensed. A lot of my friends uh, found out from Pentecostal Herald or just word of mouth. I, I just didn't get it to, to get it. I got it because I knew I had a calling on my life. So it validated in other people's eyes that I was serious about my calling and where God was taking me in my ministry. It, it validated other people's opinions, I guess, about me, rather than my own. Now, what what are you, know, you talked about your calling and and God leading you? What are some of the other things that just kind of back up a little bit and talk about your calling and and what steps you took to pursue that even before your licensing? Well, I was. Getting back into church when I was 18 years old, and then I felt a call to go to Bible college, and I prayed about it, and I went to ABI. And when I went to ABI, I I was not involved in anything. I, I was not involved in music or children's evangelism or youth ministry or teaching Bible studies. I just went because I had a love for God, and I wanted to do something more for His kingdom, and I didn't really care what that was, and I was really nervous to talk in front of people when one of my teachers would ask me to read a scripture in class, I would start to cry, (laughs) not because I felt the presence of God, but because I was so nervous, Uh, so I was not the primary candidate to be a public speaker by any stretch of the imagination, because I was such a nervous person. I remember the first time I ever spoke in chapel, I, I everyone had to speak in chapel, like no one was exempt. But all my friends were around me praying for me during prayer time, and I had a puddle of tears on my skirt, like just, I was weeping. And all my friends thought that I was getting a touch from the Lord, <laughs> but all that I was doing was begging God, please God, please oh move goodness. through church service, like through worship. Please just move so I don't have to speak. And I remember, like, when the songs were being sung, I was dancing around. I mean, I was trying to fabricate a move of God. <laughs> I did not want to speak. Um, but I had prepared, and I had fasted, and I had prayed, and God did give me a message. And I remember, like, just being so weak and walking up to the pulpit and just feeling so inadequate. But I remember when I... I just took that microphone and I began to pray over the service that the anointing of God just hit me. And, and it was just not me at all. It wasn't my own strength or my own weakness, but God just infused strength into me. And I'll never forget that because I'm still a nervous person and I'm still very nervous to get in front of people and talk. But I remember when God called me to be a speaker and I I fought with him. I was like, no, God, not me. Um, Wrong person here. And I tried to reason with him to the reasons why I was not suited for the job. But throughout the years, God has just gone past my talent and my 
ability and he's gone from the natural and, and got me into a supernatural realm well where I can completely depend on him. And I'm so thankful, so thankful for that. Wow, that's great. That's a great testimony. I think that there's a lot of young ladies out there and and even young men too that that maybe feel that same way that God you know I feel like you're calling me I feel like you're leading me but I just I can't do that or or mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm capable of doing that what would you say to them Well one scripture that God has helped me in my life the single most important scripture when it comes to to ministry and, and looking around is because I used to compare myself. I went to an amazing Bible college and with amazing talent, amazing singers, amazing speakers, just amazing, beautiful people. And I was just getting into church. I didn't look the part. Um, I didn't know how to do my hair, <laughs> you know? So I just looked around and I compared myself with everybody and so when God was calling me to ministry, I, I just thought, God, no, this girl is way better. This guy is way better. Why are you calling me? I don't understand. But in Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, it, it says that when you compare yourself with somebody else and when you measure yourself with someone else, you're not wise. And God gave me that scripture, and I remember just weeping when I, I saw it in the Bible, and God just silently speaking to my heart, because we serve a divine, creative God, and God wants to use the uniqueness of our personality to accomplish the things that He's ordained us to do, and we need the uniqueness of a creative God to to reach this world, but instead of using my own creativity or my own unique power uh, (laughs) that God has given me, I wanted to to be like somebody else. So I, I think it's important to know uh, when, whenever you feel incapable of something, that that God will never involve Himself in a dream that that you are capable of achieving by yourself. That He'll never give you a ministry or give you a vision or give you a dream of of something that He wants you to accomplish where you don't need His help, because He'll use whatever talent and ability you have in preparation, and He expects you to completely lean on him and depend on him and and allow him to do the supernatural in your life where you step back and you know that it wasn't you and you have to give him all the glory for it. Talk a little bit about connecting with mentors. Now you talked a little bit about your dad and about your pastor. Talk to that person out there that is saying, you know, I want that. I want to have somebody like that in my life, uh, how do they develop that or cultivate that in their own life and their own ministry? One way is um, to look at people that you are connected with, like the same similar ministry. Like for me, I love Sister Oaks because she's so down to earth. She's just a real person and she takes time out for anybody. So when I think of someone that I want to be like, it's Sister Oaks, and I've asked her to help me along life's way um, because she's just she's just a servant, and I just that's how I want to be. I, I want to be approachable, and I want to be real with people and, and share embarrassing stories and, and to invest in people's lives. 
So I've also heard that you don't pick your mentors, that they pick you. And that's been true in both in both cases for me. Like I've asked people to kind of let me under their wing a little. And then I've had people that have seen something in me where they want to invest in my life. And I have allowed them to do that. And by doing that, like I have to have a teachable spirit because some things that they speak in, into your life are kind of difficult because they see things that you possibly need to change or they see things that that you need to cut out of your life so you can can grow in God a bit more. So it's it's having respect for those in authority over you and respect enough to say, hey, I'm going to follow you. I believe you. You are seasoned minister. You're a seasoned saint. And I believe in your prayer life and, and let's find together in prayer. So it's it's completely, it's like giving control over to God, but then giving control over to the people that God's put in your life to lead you and to guide you in the right direction. Um, like my pastor, for instance, he has, you know, helped me um, become who I am today. And it's it's from guidance and it, it's from him saying, hey, you know, like you need to to pick up the slack in this area and I'm like okay <laughs> I didn't know that I was doing a bad job <laughs> but okay so it, sure. it's sometimes hard and difficult to do to have somebody that you've allowed to have authority in your life and kind of say so um, because our flesh will war against against that person sometimes and, and what they're asking you to do so it's important if you want a mentor in your life it's important to to have a good attitude when they come to you and they say there's something that you need to change because having a mentor isn't isn't having a cheerleader it's not it's not someone that's going to be there like cheering every move you make it, it's going to it's going to be like the coach where they tell you when you're doing something wrong as well and that's how we grow we need to till our ground you know, talk to that young person right now, maybe that young lady that she's in a situation where maybe they're not as open to a lady preaching or a lady teaching. What would you say to that to that young lady? I would say to respect her authority, um, and if they are not encouraging like that that kind of ministry in her yet, that God expects us to be faithful in the small things, and he'll make us ruler over many things. So to still pray and study and read your Bible, to still, if God's put a, a lesson on your heart to teach or a sermon to preach, to, to still write that out and to be prayerful, but to be a servant, because servanthood is like the foundation of so many men, ministries and say, okay, well, maybe you don't see this in me yet, or maybe you aren't encouraging me in this yet, but what can I help with? I want to be a servant. I want to be used somehow. And God will either work on the heart of that individual or, or move, um, you know, you on to someplace else in the future, but they respect them because God has placed them over you and and you under their leadership for a reason and he wants he wants you to to learn from that um in your life because some things are just not handed to us um and when you know that god has 
called you and spoke to you about certain things, it, it just might be a matter of time where he opens that door. It doesn't mean that that door is shut. It just means that the timing is not yet. And to be faithful and to be confident in what God's called you to do, but to be respectful um, of your pastor or your district leaders or your parents or your husband, um, whoever it might be, and to be respectful of that because that's, that's what God has, has expected of us. You know, that's so true. I think uh, sometimes as as a young person, I know we get we get these visions, we, we have dreams, we have plans, things that we feel like God has placed in our spirit, and then sometimes we get frustrated when that doesn't happen just in the right time frame that we feel like it should. So I think what you're saying is, too, is... is, is this is not this is not something where if God calls you, then if you don't do it right now, it's going to lift tomorrow. Right. So stay faithful, keep moving forward, keep being involved, and, and God can bring those things to pass. Mm-hmm. And he will. It's just a, it's a matter of time. So being faithful and, like, if you feel it's a call to be a Sunday school teacher— Make your own lessons up. Look at activities for children. If you feel a call to be a preacher and you're only 11 years old, um, like look up to certain ministers and, and read your Bible. Start having a prayer life because do what you think a pastor does if you're called to be a pastor. Get up in the morning. Love people. And when you have a problem with someone instead of yelling back, like love them, have long suffering. So start with your everyday life in a way that you think that you need to act and behave for when that time comes. You mentioned a a minute ago about uh, studying and preparing sermons. Uh, Just Mm -hmm. if you could just touch on that briefly, just kind of what goes through your mind or, or how do you prepare to teach or prepare to preach? Well, that is an interesting question because I don't have like a certain way because sometimes God will speak to me at really random times. I love nature and I love the outdoors. So sometimes it could just be on a run or on a hike or just sitting on my deck. Um, a few years ago I was watching, this is kind of a funny story, but I was watching Snow White with my dad and, and I had a message and I titled it Mirror, Mirror on the Wall. And it talked about the magic mirror and comparing yourself with somebody else. So God has just kind of, I have a unique little creative mind. So he's used um, different things to help me along life's way to, <laughs> <laughs> to create messages. Um, for general conference, though, as soon as I got the call, I, I knew what I was going to speak. I, I had wow. it on my heart. It was a burden of mine because I love this doctrine. I love our message. I love our way of life. I just love it. And I want young people in the, my generation and every generation to love it as much as I do, <laughs> you know? Um, so that's just what, what God put on my heart for 
the next month that that came after that initial call, I just, when I prayed and when I fasted and, and when I studied, it was on that topic. And I had pages of scripture that pertained to that subject and cross-references and stories and Bible stories. Um, but, of course, I had to condense it because I had a time constraint. But for that, that I, I had something specific that I was studying for. Um, so I, for me, I like getting up early in the morning, making a pot of coffee, praying, and reading the Bible. Um, that is what I like doing, but that's something that I try to do consistently. Um, I, I'm not very good at TV dinner prayers. Like, God, I need you right now. I don't have a message, and I'm speaking in five minutes. You know, I'm not good at that. Sure, sure. <laughs> I am really good at preparing. Um, so some people, God bless their souls, are amazing at just, like, taking a service, but I'm not seasoned enough for that yet. Um, so for me, it's just getting in a quiet place and and uh, allowing God just to speak through me through His Word. I just really... I mean, some people use the internet a lot, but I really just use the Bible a lot. So sometimes I'll use other things, of course, but but the first initial thought usually comes from the Word of God. Now, what what would you say is the greatest piece of advice that you've been given? Uh, I know your pastor, but you mentioned something about your pastor talking to you about uh, about being a male oriented. Atmosphere, but is there any other advice that you were given on this in this journey of being a woman in ministry? Um, well, it's it's an overstated thing, but to be yourself, it really comes down to it. And to like, I'm not I'm not there to be manly. I I don't know even how to be manly, but um, like to still be feminine and and. Like, I think a woman in ministry has such a, a beauty and anointing on her life um, that comes across so differently than a man. So for a woman in ministry, just to embrace femininity, femininity um, <laughs> and to just show, like, the ethereal beauty that God has created her to be. And to be yourself, because God wants to use the uniqueness of our personality and what we love as a human guy or girl is a clue to the gifts and skills and wisdom that we possess. And our passions can be used as a catalyst to accomplish greatness for the kingdom of God. That, that what we love, what God has instilled in us, that I believe that God wants to use that in our ministry and to realize like what makes us different and what gets us most excited and uh, what we love to talk about when we start telling people about things that we love, what are those things and how can we use it for ministry? So Sister Anne, she was um, a teacher at ABI and she's gone on to be with the Lord, but she has pretty much been the single most important person in my life, like um, other than my dad and my mom and my pastor, but um, she saw something in me before anybody else did because I went to ABI I was just getting back into church and I just had a love for God but right from pretty much the first week there she she said I believe in you God has some things in store that wow. you don't see Angela 
but I see them. Hmm. And right from the beginning, like people believe in me now because I've I've proven myself through ministry and, and my lifestyle, but she saw something in me before anybody else did. And I mean, I just looked at her with a glazed, you know, over eyes and, and just thought, girl, you're crazy. <laughs> like, mm. I'm nervous. <laughs> I don't have anything to offer. I just love God. Um, so I'm thankful. So I think the thing that has uh, stuck out the most, like throughout the years and little notes, is just her saying, I believe in you. Um, wow. And That's great. Through that, it's just, it's really encouraged me a lot. I mean, I wish that she could see me now, you know, like, and, and know what I've done for the kingdom of God now and, and where God has taken me. So I think that just, um, I think the thing to tell people is just to be yourself, that God has called you, you have not called yourself, and to embrace who God has called you to be and to seek that out for yourself, to to pray about, God, what do you want for my life? Um, and, and to be confident in the callings and gifting that he has given to us and to be confident that, that hey, God hasn't given us gifts in full bloom, but they're developed over time. And, and I might not be at the place that I need to be, but I'm going to keep developing those things in my life, and I'll get there one day. Um, so I would say just to, to be yourself and to be okay with who you are, that you can fashion your life after somebody else um, in a way like I like um, how she presents herself at the pulpit or I like how he always uses illustrations in the sermons or, or things that, that you appreciate about other people's ministry, but to still have a hold of who you are as an individual. Well, thank you for that. That's great advice. And I know that's going to help somebody in their ministry. And, and one of the things that I struggled with when I was starting out was with the being yourself. I, I was very serious, and, and all mm-hmm. the guys that that I looked up to were very serious, very focused. And I had a mm-hmm. guy, uh, Brother Ron Thompson, from he's from Anoka, Minnesota. He mm-hmm. said, he said, Jacob, just be yourself. He said, you know, you need to put some humor in there. You need to to yeah. put some more of your personality. And so that that has made a big impact in my ministry, my life as well. I think mm-hmm. it's very important. Yeah, it is, because you can look around and you can walk into a church service and you can feel, all right, I can preach, sing, or go in the nursery. And then you feel like, all right, what is there for me? <laughs> like God has placed something in front of every right. individual that he wants us to accomplish for his kingdom. So we don't have to be cookie cutter we don't have to redefine or we can redefine what ministry is and strip away all those preconceived ideas um and allow god to just work in our life and say all right here i am god i'm just gonna it's just you and me i'm gonna be myself and it's a hard thing to do because um it's easy to put masks on and uh and mask feelings or hurts or pains and try to like i hate i hate like telling people I have a bad day, I'd just rather smile, you know? Um, So it's easier sometimes to just pretend to be something that you're not because you're worried if people are going to accept you for who you really are. Well, as we close, I I wonder if you could just 
say a prayer over that that young lady, that young man, that right now they're feeling the call of God in their life. They're feeling like God is is leading them in ministry, and maybe maybe they're not. They're thinking, you know, this is too big. I, I don't think I can do this. Or maybe they're thinking, you know what, it's time to go forward, but I need some direction. Would you would you just pray for that young person right now that's dealing with these things? Sure. Lord Jesus, thank you for who you are, God. I pray for every single young lady or young man or, or person, Lord Jesus, that that hears this interview, Lord, that is struggling with the call that you placed on their life. Maybe they're just like I was, and they just loved you, and they wanted to do something for your kingdom, anything. But, God, I pray that you would give direction, Lord Jesus. You said in your word that you would bring every mountain and hill road, that you would exalt every valley, that you would make the rough places plain and the crooked paths straight. Lord, I pray that they would be able to walk on level ground, Lord Jesus, and that they would understand, Lord, that that you have purpose in your word and in this life for them to accomplish something great for your kingdom, Lord. And I pray that you would place an anointing on this generation, O God, an anointing beyond their years, an anointing, Lord, that breaks the yokes of bondage and discouragement, Lord, the yokes of temptation, Lord Jesus. And I pray that you would anoint them and let them be equipped for it through your word. And I pray that you would encourage them, Lord Jesus, to embrace the uniqueness of the personality that that you have given them, Lord Jesus, that you have created them with their eye color and with their hair color, that you have created them with certain things inside of their life. And just as you've put gold and silver in the depthness of this earth, Lord, where people have had to go in and they've had to mine it out, Lord, that you have also put giftings and talents inside of them that they might not even know that they have, that you have put gems of, of talent and gems of ministry inside of their life. And God, I pray that you would just give them, Lord Jesus, the strength to seek out those things in their own life, seek out those things in their heart, those things that they love doing and enjoy doing, oh God. And I pray that you would equip them, that they would allow you, Lord, from to go from the natural realm into the supernatural, Lord, and, and every single weakness that they have, that, that they would become strong, that they would lean on you, Lord Jesus, and that they would allow, Lord Jesus, that they would not just ride the wave, but God, that they would allow the undercurrent of your spirit to completely take control of their life and that you would be able to take them in places that they never expected were possible, oh Lord. And they they would dream as big as they possibly can dream, oh God, because your word says that the heavens of heavens cannot even contain you, oh God, that you are so big and that you're so great that the heavens of heavens cannot contain you, oh Lord. And I pray that you would allow these young people, Lord Jesus, to dream as big as they can, Lord, and to pursue those things and to realize that you will help them every single step of the way, oh God. Equip them, oh Lord of glory. Help them to embrace, Lord Jesus, their uniqueness and their personality. And Lord, being individuals, Lord, in your word, help them not to compare themselves with anybody else. In Jesus' name we ask and pray, oh God. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Angela, for joining us today. Is is there any way that people could get a hold of you? Do you have an email or a website or anything that you'd like to just share where if people wanted to just connect with you, how would they do that? Um, you can email me. It's Angela Harwood. It's A-N-G-E-L-A-H-A-R-W-O-O-D at L-I-V-E dot com. Um, and I will email you back. 
I'm on Facebook too, so you can add me on Facebook. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for, for being with us, and you've been a great help, and, and we just pray that God will continue to bless you in your ministry and, and keep up the good work. Thank you, and thanks for letting me be interviewed. All right. God bless. Okay, have a good day. Have a good day.